Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Tradar, a trader's podcast. My name is David Bloomberg, and I'm your host for season one of The Traders Canada. The Tradar features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hip TV competition show, The Traders, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. For those of you who know me from my other podcasting, this is a bit different in that it's a recap and analysis rather than going through the format I use in taking a look at Survivor and Big Brother players. This week, of course, we're here to discuss episode three and the two people who were eliminated. And I have a very fun guest this week, a huge fan of reality TV and my friend and co-worker, sorry, former co-worker, Jason Selling. Hello, David. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, Jason and I used to work at the same agency. I had uh, been there for quite a while because I'm a, a little bit older <clears throat> and, uh, I had been doing Survivor podcasts. Jason came to my office one day and introduced himself because a fellow co-worker knew we both liked Survivor and told him about my podcast. And then for years, while I still worked there, we would have discussions at work about things that happened on Survivor and Big Brother. Now, I retired before the traders took the world by storm. But with this podcast, we can have new discussions today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um... I have to say, I don't have that much information about Canada. I've got some Canadian cousins, but I don't talk to them. Oh, shit. Those Canadians, I tell you, they're all, they're known for being unfriendly and stuff. So that's probably why. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we had a Canadian guest as our first guest. So he kind of filled us in on some of the, uh, some of the uh, contestants that maybe we wouldn't have known otherwise if you're not from Canada. But, you know, Canadians, they play games just like everybody else. So we'll we'll see how they do here. Now, before we get into the podcast uh, proper, uh, let's set up the fan favorite Trade Our Trader game. Where my guest and I will each lie to one another once during the podcast. The lie can be big or small about the traders, yourself, or anything else, as long as it is a complete fabrication. However, we are looking for fake facts, not fake opinions. Like, I can't say, I wish I could go back to work at my old job because I miss my boss so much. Which you would know is an obvious lie anyway. Uh, now, as I've mentioned, on the first two episodes, uh, any lie involving numbers needs to be a decent size, like something like an order of magnitude. So I can't say I have seven pages of notes for this episode when I actually have eight. I would need to say I have 80 pages or 0.8 pages. Uh, at the end of the episode, we'll put our trader hunting skills to the test and see if we can detect the other person's lie. Jason, are you ready to betray me? Of course. Uh... <laughs> we work for the same agency. Yes, you are. In that case, our game begins now. And so does the show. Hey, 
episode three, where episode two left off with the traitors in the tower discussing who to murder and focusing on who will never be seen as a traitor themselves. Now, I made my predictions on the last podcast. What did you think about who was likely going to be murdered? I didn't know. They kept on saying, oh, they want to they want to keep people around who are going to be good at challenges as well, which I was like, uh, okay, but you can't really predict that. <laughs> so I I thought they might want to target a non-reality TV contestant just to try to not establish a pattern. But overall, I d- didn't really know because, quite frankly, there's 18 people left. Yeah, it's a lot. So I was like, eh, stick a, stick a dartboard and watch it go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I had picked Mickey, who was among the first group of the Breakfast Walk-Ins. So, so much for my prediction abilities. Uh, and, uh, then it, as, as this group walked in, uh, Gerline started talking and said the first round table was more about whether you connected more with Colin or Donna, as opposed to actual trader hunting, which yes, that's always going to happen early and really should happen because you want to keep around someone that you connect with as, you know, as I've discussed here before, uh, in the second group, we see two of the traders, Mike and Koozie. Uh, we also have uh, Rick, who thinks it'll be easier in roundtables going forward, which makes me wonder if Rick has actually seen previous versions of the show, because it does not get any easier. And, you know, spoiler alert for this roundtable, they even start yelling this time. So Rick thought that because he slayed the evil Colin roundtable would be easier but no, Colin's spirit lives on in Rick's world. Yes. <laughs> well, he slayed the evil Colin who turned out not to be so evil. Uh, so uh, Fierce is very happy when Kevin then walks in because Fierce saved Kevin a seat for breakfast. Uh, Kevin takes the seat and whispers that he knows Melissa B will walk in the door because she's a traitor. He's certain of it, which was a, pretty much ignored storyline in episode two. It, it was a major point in episode one, and then it just kind of disappeared in episode two for the Colin Donna fight. And so now it looks like we're headed back in that direction. Donna used her psychic powers to erase Evan's memory to save herself. Yes. It's like, I'm safe. Memory back. Goes, huh. I hope he is a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, Donna's psychic powers, uh, they didn't work so well for her in this episode, as we'll see. Uh, uh, Trevon uh, arrives, so that leaves Nazila and Melissa B. And, of course, no surprise, Melissa B. walks in, and Kevin and Fierce are watching her intently to see how she reacts. Fierce says... That was the worst acting job I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, it wasn't great, though it was apparently good enough to fool Donna, the supposed psychic, who hugs her multiple times. I don't know. It could just be confirmation bias on my part, but I thought it was kind of a bad acting job. Like she, acting job. she just kind of stood there with her mouth open and she just kind of looked around. It looked like she was trying to summon tears, which no judgment because I cannot fake cry to save my life. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, but it just didn't work. I don't know, maybe it would have been better if she would just, if when they cheered, she just kind of was shocked, like, oh, am I the last one? Yeah. Just giggled awkwardly. Yeah. I mean, it would have been much better for her if she hadn't been the last one, and then everybody wouldn't have been focused on her. But hey, I'll have more thoughts about the order uh, later. Uh, but as for Nazila leaving... I had specifically predicted it would not be her because we barely even met her. Uh, And it's always a little sad to me when something like that happens. We say goodbye to someone that, you know, we've seen on screen like twice. Uh, But we flash back to Trader's Tower. As Koozie explains, it was partly because she hurt the team in failing part of the mission and partly because it can't be directly traced back to any of them. The part about hurting the team is... Well, first they said it would send a message that players need to do better. And then she acknowledged the faithful won't know why it happened. So that's a little contradictory. And what's even funnier is a few minutes later, 
uh, Melissa B. So fast forward a little bit. Uh, Melissa B. tries to put that out into the world like she's the messenger almost by telling several players that she was clearly up for murder because she was the last one to breakfast. And both her and Nazila were on the same team that lost money. So that must be it. But the funny thing was, she's trying to put that out there. And the faithfuls are like, no, no, I, I don't think the traders would consider that. Uh, so nice try. Yeah. Melissa. Yes. Like, she's just preemptively explaining her, her reasons. It's like how when you're lying, you just kind of go aggressively into details like, oh, yeah, uh, my car broke down in the street because I saw a dog. I hit the brakes and my brake fluid was cut. So fluid was leaking everywhere. And you're just like going, okay, okay, you could have just said you got stopped by a train. <laughs> it reminds me of a former co-worker. She was gone before you got there, who uh, one time said that she was late to work. She was chronically late to work, but she said she was late to work this time because her cat locked her out of her car and went into all these details about how the cat got in and it hit a button and the door was closed. Yeah, it was just, Yes. There's a reason she wasn't working there by the time you were. Uh, so, uh, but the one thing that I will say was smart of Melissa was to talk about that something, something that many people have noticed from prior seasons, which is whoever comes in last must have been under consideration because that was the way production built up. Uh, some suspense. Now, the players wouldn't have known it at the time, but in watching back these older seasons, I say older, like they're ancient, they're you know less than a year mm -hmm. old, but these previous seasons, then you could catch on. So she tried to use that. But what was smarter was production correcting that for this season and even throwing a traitor in there. Uh, so the funny thing also is that you mentioned how she was going on and on. And Melissa herself told us that she has a tell when she's lying, but it seems to be coming out when she's telling the truth. The thing is, when you're a traitor, you're never really telling the truth. You know, you're always in a lie of some sort or another. And then, of course, like you said, she was going on top of that. Maybe she was lying about wanting to go on a Disney trip. <laughs> yes. Maybe uh, she actually secretly hated Disney. <laughs> Didn't want to tell anyone. <laughs> um, uh, as part of this discussion, or maybe a little separate from it, um, uh, Travon, and I still haven't gotten that name right, so I apologize. Every time I see it, I cannot remember how it's pronounced, and I pronounce it differently every time, and I apologize. I, I, I don't know. I have a brain block here. Uh, told Melissa B. that he thinks Kevin is a traitor because he put out her name, and that will, of course, come back later. Now, as we move back to breakfast, uh, Crystal had also noticed bad acting by Melissa B and told Melissa's fellow trader, Mike, uh, she further shared to him that she used to think he could be a trader, but not anymore. Meanwhile, fierce wonders why Koozie looks so stressed. Well, wouldn't you look stressed if you just murdered someone? Come on. Uh, Mike used his CIA tactics on Crystal to get her on his, on his side. Yes. Speaking of which, he's not going to bring up the Canadian Intelligence Service. Come on, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I maybe uh, maybe it's not the CIA we think of. Maybe when he said CIA, it is the C Canadian Intelligence Agency, mm, and he's fooling us all. He's he's misdirecting us all. Well, the secret CIA. That's right. <laughs> so, so from breakfast after they have that discussion that I already talked about. Uh, is a uh, is the mission, and it's a standard mission we've seen pretty much every season, if not literally every English speaking season. Uh, the art heist. Now we don't need to go through all the details of the mission, but uh, I do have a few, and you can feel free to throw in any that I might miss. Uh, Fierce goes first and triggers the laser. May fails too. Crystal strategically chooses and succeeds with a sword. Uh, Rick also succeeds. Gurleen fails. It gets to Mickey, and he takes down his man bun to tie his hair under his chin. And then at the urging of Melissa B., he takes his pants off, too. Now, this is interesting, not for the reasons to me that it was interesting to Melissa, but 
because in some prior versions, it was very clear that players had to go in whatever they were wearing. Like I very clearly remember some pe- some of the guys doing it in full suits, like they didn't even take their jackets off. Some of the women in dresses. Uh, but even without pants, he still failed. Uh, meanwhile, Melissa B. herself, with pants, succeeded. Uh, Kuzi does as well, as she tells us, part of the mission today is to find a new scapegoat so people have something to talk about. And then we never hear about that again all episode, so I'm not sure why it was even in there. Uh, we see several more fails. Then Kevin decides to go for a full-on statue that's worth $5,000, even though people are yelling at him not to do it. And, and he fails. Uh, Donna and Dom uh, make it the last in the last couple minutes uh, to get them to a grand total of $10,000, which, you know, that's a pretty decent day's work because it's 10% of the maximum total prize. Yeah, it was a fun challenge. I mean, we've seen this a lot. I have never seen those lasers in real life, so I assume that's just a Hollywood thing. Even when I volunteered at like an auto museum in my hometown, never saw those lasers. Granted, it was a smaller museum. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could afford it, but I would just like to see those lasers once. I want to know that the Mona Lisa is safe, and the only way it's safe is if I see an intricate web of lasers that can be navigated through by a fuckstool person. <laughs> well, one would hope that they design it so it can't be navigated through by a flexible person. <laughs> All right. Well, as we head to post-mission cocktails, last week I said I thought Suspicion might bounce back on Rick because he made it his mission to banish Colin, and then Colin was, of course, a faithful. Kuzi uh, pushes this narrative, and others jump on board. Now, Amusingly, one reason in favor of him being a traitor is Fierce says that Rick is defending Melissa B. So it's all about Melissa B when it comes to Fierce, which to be, you know, he's right. So (laughs) Um, Fierce also brings up the suspicion that Nazila was eliminated for not doing well in the mission. And both Melissa and Rick were on that same team. So even though. Some of the faithful with Melissa earlier shot it down. I think that thought process must have been brought up elsewhere because it's percolated into the group consciousness a bit, just not quite the way Melissa wanted it to. Right. I think Rick should have, and granted, he might have spent this time like flying under the radar because that's always the problem is these types of games is that if you go after someone hard thinking, ah, they're the traitor, they've got to be, and then you're wrong. It's like, uh uh-oh. Now everything's on me, and I have to figure out a way to get the suspicion off me. I mean, granted, he might not have suspicions, seeing as how his Colin uh, suspicions was mostly motivated by the fact that Colin kept wearing sunglasses, so no one has sunglasses, so he's like, hmm, maybe they're all faithful. <laughs> they're wearing secret sunglasses, you know, they hid them after that. Honestly, if I had sunglasses, I'd hide them after that, after all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so Kevin separately pushes Melissa to others, including Kuzi and Mike. Hmm, I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of traction with that. Kuzi uh, tries to deflect without being obvious. Crystal has also seen some Melissa issues because they apparently had a day one alliance before the initial roundtable with the traitor designations, which is interesting. Uh, but she immediately noticed Melissa acting differently after the blindfolds came off and also some other things she's said since then. But then Crystal tells us she thinks Melissa is protecting her. So if she brings up her name, she could be gone. Now, we hear that from her after we saw her bringing up her name. So I'm a bit confused unless production gave us these clips out of order, which is certainly possible and perhaps even likely. I think it could have just been that maybe Crystal is thinking, all right, I'm not going to be the first person, <laughs> but if someone else does it, I'll do it. I mean, these day one alliances, they, they just never really work. Yeah. It's like, ah, you've got a good vibe. I like your smile, basically. But then you talk to them for more than 10 seconds. As you talk to them for more than 10 seconds and you go, oh, this was a bad idea. <laughs> uh, 
so continuing on, Mike warns Melissa B that her name has come up and she herself lists all the different things that she's done wrong. She's like, why is it because I've done this and this and this? Yes, you've you've done all those things, uh, including telling us that she's running around like a chicken with her head cut off. Uh, Melissa tells Mike uh, when they come at her at the round table, she's going to try to flip it to Crystal. Now, flipping it to someone else is a good idea. The problem is if she hasn't set the groundwork by that point, it's it's just not going to work. And at least we haven't seen her set the groundwork. People are not going to flip on a dime like that unless they're a couple of the not-so-bright faithfuls from Australian season two. Right. I don't, I don't really know. I'm glad that she had a plan, but she should have also just thought, Okay, I'm just gonna flip it on to someone. Mm-hmm. Like when Kevin came after her, she should have gone. She shouldn't have gone to a Crystal. She would have just gone. No, no, no. It's you. It's you, Kevin. You're the one who's responsible for this. Not yeah, Crystal. Yeah, kind of turn it turn it into what happened last week, the Colin versus Donna situation. Um, I mean, maybe she realized that more people were already on Kevin's side, and the problem is with with Colin and Donna, neither of them were a celebrity and in these mixed seasons people are more likely to side with the celebrity uh which is one reason i'm not a you know big fan of the mixed seasons that's true i didn't think of that yeah but uh, i just think she needed more groundwork in terms of crystal like i said it's possible that she did uh and we just didn't see it because sometimes that happens so then Leroy talks to Melissa and tells her flat out that she changed after the initial ceremony and has been inconsistent since then, which I have to say is a really either ballsy or dumb thing to do, because if she isn't banished and she is a traitor like he believes, he could easily become the next target. I just don't understand why you would walk up to someone and say, this is why I think you're a traitor. Maybe, maybe he was trying to get on her good side. Maybe he was trying to say, hey, I don't, if you're a traitor, here's what you're doing wrong. Correct it. And think, <laughs> okay, when she's up there, she's not going to target me. And if he's right, then he's got a loyal ally who will advocate for him at the round table. So, sorry, if she's a faithful, yeah. he's got a loyal ally. So I don't know. That could have been a reason. Yeah, I, actually, that's a good point because, you know, like you said, it's just, I mean, we only see part of the discussion. So if they clipped out the part where he said something like, hey, I want to help you. Here's what you are doing wrong. But of course, they make it more confrontational. So that's another interesting point. Uh, hopefully we'll get to speak to some of the players and uh, at some point or hear from them and find out, you know, these mm-hmm. these sorts of questions and answers. Uh, From there, we get to the roundtable, and Mike decides to open things up himself by saying Melissa B's name has come up, and he he even mentions her overacting at breakfast. And she responds by saying, if you think I'm a traitor, ask me. Which, you know, echoing what I said uh, about Leroy, that's a really bad idea for anyone to do, to just walk up to someone they think is a traitor and say, are you a traitor? Uh, but I mean, that's, that's her defense at this point. She adds that it seems like they're going down the same rabbit hole as they did with Colin. This, I do think is a a decent strategy. Uh, make it seem like she's being piled on. Woe is her. It's mob mentality. We can't do this again. Please leave me alone. I think that was a good strategy. Um, I also thought it was a little bit weird when she was talking to Kevin. She just kind of said, you need to be looking for clues that I'm a faithful. It's like, what? No, I think the assumption is that everyone's a faithful and they're looking for clues that you're a traitor. I don't know. That's how the game works, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, that was actually my next note. So we both caught the same. I mean, I I think a lot of people probably caught that same thing. But yeah, it's... I don't understand what she was trying to get at there. I think she might have been a little flustered and just trying to throw anything out because I, literally my note says the same thing you just said. That's that's not how this game works. <laughs> uh, Travon tries to defend Melissa by saying 
some things that didn't make sense to me. Uh, Kevin picks up again, and we get a series of quick shots of different people. Some think she's a traitor. Some are sure she's a faithful. Donna, the supposed psychic, shows off her powers by saying she doesn't think Melissa is a traitor. And then... Oh, go ahead. I do think that... Um, Melissa's strategy somewhat worked just because it felt like everybody was kind of staying their two cents because they're like, I'm not a follower. No, here's my reasoning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, they're trying to say this is the this is the reason. And some of them are saying are joining in with her and saying we can't do it this way. And others are saying, well, but we still have to look at who it is um, through all this things start to get a bit heated and as i had uh, alluded to earlier voices start uh, rising uh the most interesting part to me is when melissa says there isn't just one traitor there are three why are you looking at me and koozie is like we can only vote for one person at a time not all of them which you know I, i'm sure koozie's sitting there going like hey don't throw us under the bus just because you're having trouble here yeah, that was like Melissa is really just grabs the astrologist trying to go, uh, uh, okay, so maybe I'm a traitor, but there are other traitors. That, yeah. And I think that's part of why Koozie and Mike were like, nope, we're done with you. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> now, uh, this eventually leads to uh, Gerpiar bringing up Mike's name because Mike has been adding fuel to the fire about Donna, which we hadn't heard about it all this episode. Uh, he adds that it's a dumb idea because nobody thinks it's her and it's an obvious traitor move. The thing is, you know what another dumb idea is? Suddenly bringing up a new name in the round table because it makes you stand out. And again, if you're right, congratulations on being on the traitor's potential hit list. I was surprised by how well, I was surprised that he was right. And I was surprised that he had the gumption to do that on the spot. I will say he might have just thought, well, if I do it publicly in front of everyone, nobody can lie and say, oh, he actually said this. And he was probably thinking, if I go out tonight, then people will now be looking at Mike going, huh, is it you? <laughs> so maybe he's like trying to get dare Mike almost to say, get rid of me and confirm it or keep me around and I'll keep coming after you. Yeah. I do think uh, to, you know, get a little ahead of ourselves here. I, I do think it actually ends up helping him, but it's still, I, I, it's not a move. I would recommend calling someone out like that in the round table out of nowhere. Um, things then shift as May brings up Rick going after Collins so hard. Uh, she also claims Crystal reacted more than Melissa B or before Melissa B even came into breakfast this morning, which is another thing we hadn't heard before. So I, I don't understand from a production standpoint, bringing up things at the round table that we've never heard before. It's just odd. Like, why, why are they bringing them up at all? Either they're meaningless, and that's why they weren't brought up, or did you not catch them on camera? I, I, I don't understand. So when May said that, I was a bit confused, too. Either A, she didn't actually, she may not have brought it up that much. It could have also just been that I didn't actually pay attention that much to, like, their scene arrangement was um, Crystal saying closer to the door. Because it could have just been like Crystal Saw earlier. I don't know. Yeah, that's possible. I, I'm trying to think. I don't think that was the case. I suspect. I mean, you know, the other thing is why. Why was she even looking at Crystal when someone was walking in the door? You know, you know it's a strange thing. And it could have been, you know, Crystal was biting her nails. Crystal was tense. Crystal was waiting to see who it was because her friend Melissa was one of the people, you know. And so, I, I don't know. It's a strange. <laughs> there have been cases on some recent, on a recent international season where uh, a traitor was called out at the round table by a faithful who had just been uh, banished and they came up to the circle of truth and they started talking and then they called out the traitor 
And they said, don't react before I've said that I'm a faithful because I know you're about to. And so like called this, called the traitor out for reacting first. So I thought it was funny that this came up because of course, none of these people have seen that international season yet. They were filming at about the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I do respect May though for trying to like essentially lead the new charge. It's just a little bit too late though. Yeah, I I have more thoughts on May as as we go through here. Um it is time to vote, and May is the first one saying she hugged Melissa B when she came into breakfast, which we only saw Donna hugging her. I, we didn't see uh May, but okay. Uh and and Melissa was vibrating, and you can't fake vibrations. Yeah, apparently you can. And Melissa was a better close-up actor than she was from further away. I don't know. Uh, or just, you know, more likely confirmation bias. Melissa could have just been cold. Yeah. <laughs> or stressed out and shaking for that reason. Uh, so May continues that she refuses to fall victim to the majority. So she votes Crystal. Again, I'll have more thoughts on that. Travon says something similar, but votes Kevin. Uh, Melissa B. votes Crystal. Kevin votes Melissa B., as do Gerline and Fierce. Mike becomes the first traitor to turn on his own by voting Melissa B. Uh, I mean, he must have clearly seen which way the wind was blowing. And like you mentioned, also where she starts bringing up, oh, there are other traitors here. Uh, you know, I, that could not have stood well with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melissa A. votes Crystal. Uh, uh, Leroy votes Melissa B. Uh, Gerpiar uh, sticks with Mike. Donna says her trade-R might be broken, but votes Kevin because she didn't want to go with Melissa. So good, good psychic read there, Donna. Uh, but on the plus side, points for shouting out the name of this podcast, which for anyone who didn't know was originally created when a British player came up with the term and said it on their version of the show. Uh, Tradar, my trader radar. Uh, anyway, uh, Mickey votes Rick. Dom uh, votes Crystal. Koozie also turns on her fellow trader and tells us Melissa was jeopardizing her game. Rick joins the Melissa choir and of course, Crystal and Mary do too. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, Melissa B. is banished. She goes to the circle of truth and starts off emotionally saying her reaction was real and, and you know, really doing a much better acting job, quite frankly. So people are preparing for her to tell them she was a faithful. But then she reveals she is indeed a traitor, and they all celebrate, and she collects her Emmy. Yeah, that was a quite, dramat quite a dramatic reveal. Uh, I half expected Melissa to say, oh, thank God I'm not going to be Melissa anymore. I'll just be Melissa. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why I expected her to vote for Melissa B. So there'd only be one Melissa left, you know, and then she goes and votes Crystal. So, yeah, they'll probably still call her Melissa A on the show. But from now on, there's just one Melissa where I'm not doing this A.B. stuff anymore. Uh, So they got this one right. But there are, of course, several players who just fired off in completely the wrong direction. It seemed to me. Like, they were overreacting to the mob mentality of the first banishment by, like, purposely not doing it this time. But that's not going to work in a game where you need a majority of votes to get someone out. And you also don't want to draw attention to yourself from the traitors. And if you think that way, you're going to find yourself out on a limb by yourself, as several of these people did, I think. Right. I think they also kind of got lucky this time. So I forgot the exact vote total, but I do not believe that if the traitors had flipped, um, Melby would have stayed. Um, but in the future, let's just say it's a six to five vote. You're putting the fate of the faithfuls in the hands of the traitors because they all just decide, well, we're all voting for this person. You're kind of just, you're kind of SOL. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, you've got to... You've got to play the game, whether you like it or not. You could call it a mob mentality, but your single vote for someone random isn't going to help anyone. You know, it's it's well, I don't want to get into politics here, but, uh, you know, it's it, it, in these in, in these votes, it usually comes down to a, a two party race, you know, <laughs> whether it was whether it was, you know, Melissa and Crystal or Donna and Colin last time, it, you know, occasionally there can be a third party thrown in there and, you know, it can mix things up. But usually it's, you know, two people and you firing off a random vote. It's it's not going to help anybody. I I will say it, there is a there might be a fear that the traders are leading the charge because I don't know how long the traders talk, and I don't think they do either. They might just say, okay, we'll banish this person at the next round table. The three of us are going to tag team to get the Kevin on mm-hmm. the mat side. So I do think there is a good strategy of just saying, whoa, 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 let's not just immediately assume it's Kevin. Let's assume this other person. I will say that final frame of votes might be a good idea just like protection, but outside of that, it's like, you should probably keep it between the two people that you think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And if nothing else, then, okay, let's say that you're wrong. Well, if you weren't advocating strongly for them, you were just going along with it. Who Who's going to get mad at you? You know, I mean, heck, people barely got mad at Rick and he was campaigning hard for Colin. And certainly nobody else got in trouble for voting Colin. Um, Whereas if you... If you're just throwing votes out in a random direction, it shows you're not a team player. I will say that it was a bit shocking that Rick wasn't in more trouble this episode. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I think, I don't know if Donna was thinking this herself. I think that of the players that got the random votes, Kevin is probably the person that's least likely going to be bitter about it and most likely just go, eh, okay, let's move on. Yeah, and of course, you know, as as we saw, Kevin was rightly very happy with himself. Uh, He identified her. He called her out. He succeeded. He did who knows how many confessionals talking about uh, how he was doing this. So he figures he's in a great spot, which, you know, is true unless the traitors kill him as revenge, because quite frankly, that's what I'd do. And I don't know. uh, Can we quickly talk about their reactions? Because... One of the things I noticed was that May and Dom were staying seated, whereas everyone else was jumping up and down and hugging. So I'm wondering, are the faithfuls watching that, and will that cause doubt in people's mind to cause them to be targeted? I mean, it has been in the past. There have definitely been, in other seasons, situations where people will say, when we were all celebrating, you just sat there. Or you had a gaping mouth or you didn't jump up. I mean, they analyze every tiny little thing. So, yes, I absolutely think you're right that they will come back to this at some point and say, hey, you two not only voted for the 
person, but you also didn't celebrate when we got the right person. Yeah, I think with Dom, he's just a quiet person in general, like Trevon said that early episode. With me, it might have just been, oh, crap, like I was wrong. I mean, they don't have to celebrate, of course, if they don't want to, because Mel B's not getting her Disney trip. That's a very sad experience for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, they, it, I wouldn't be surprised if their name comes up next episode. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you you need to celebrate whether you feel like celebrating or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, like you said, we'll we'll find out. Now, Fierce is also very happy with their performance and immediately has new ideas, uh, both of which are wrong in uh, pointing out Rick and Mickey. Koozie tells us the majority of the crowd rolls with her, so her name won't be brought up. She's very confident in this. May says they probably won't murder someone who voted out Melissa, but will go after someone else. And she says something like, because that would be too obvious. I, I don't understand May's thought process. There's a lot this episode I don't understand about May's thought process, but this in particular I don't because I, it'll, it'll be too obvious. So what? The, the other traitors are getting revenge on the people who, you know, one of the people who voted out their, their cohort. Okay, I, I, I don't understand why they would. And I think with this game in particular, there is an element of self-reflection and trying to think, why would someone take me out? Because unlike a survivor or big brother, where you generally know the people who are voting you out and you know why, in this one, you're not really sure and you don't really know their reasons. So when you're paranoid, you're just like, got that paranoia in the back of your mind and you're just like, it could be me and then listing off reasons for why it could be you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, I, I mean, hopefully, you know, the, the traders are, are smarter than she gives them credit for here. And I think they are, uh, then we get to, uh, Gurpyar who says something similar, but as we discussed, he actually picked right. Uh, so Koozie tells us that that could be a problem in terms of targeting him as we, uh, mentioned earlier, because, you know, I said it's a bad idea, but on the other hand, if you're the only one publicly identifying someone and you're killed, I mean, it's it's one of two things. And then you have to you know start doing first level, second level, third level analysis. Either Mike is a traitor and that's why you were murdered or Mike is not a traitor and the traitors murdered you to make you think that Mike is a traitor. Yeah, you know, and then you you start just stacking those thought processes on top of each other. Now, what have we seen in previous seasons? I think people almost always go with the first level thinking. So it would be very risky for them to to get rid of Gurpyar at this point. Yeah, I think they've got several options. Obviously, um, one could just be that maybe Kuzi could get close to him mm-hmm. to try to say, okay, I agree with you, it's Mike, but I'm really worried about Kevin Moore. Other one could maybe be that, like, they just keep him around, hope for the best. And then when it's like, I don't know, seven people left, they murder him and hope that everyone just kind of forgets it. <laughs> they certainly have a path going, a difficult path going forward with him. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him uh, in the next episode. So then the two remaining traitors meet in the tower. There's a knock at the door. And of course, you know, we know what this means. Uh, in walks Kareem, because, of course, they can recruit a new trader if they want. Frankly, I think they should just murder instead and keep it to the two of them for now. Keep the faithful on their toes. I mean, it's there's literally there's been one murder so far. So, you know, why or sorry, two murders so far. Uh, why? You know, why even stop now? Keep going. Um, and so beyond that, as I kind of hinted at earlier, I'd get rid of Kevin. He He's shown he's good at reading people. He's a professional poker player, a former Big Brother winner. Why give him a chance to keep going? And on top of it, he is one of the returning, you know, the celebrity type so he can get people on his side as they saw. 
it does not reveal anything about the remaining traders because it would just be seen as revenge for Melissa. So what do you think in terms of all of this? Well, my first thought is, how dare you forget about Erica? Put some respect on the- I know. Yeah, that was terrible. I, I was counting in my mind. Do you know Heather was secretly on this season? Yeah. <laughs> all over screen. But I digress. Uh, I think, first of all, the producers got scared and were like, okay, crap, give them the opportunity to recruit someone. It would probably... So with Kevin, Kevin is someone who can get people on their side and they've seen that. So it might be a good idea to recruit him. It could be a good idea to recruit Gubbyard just to like stamp out all the opposition. Mm-hmm. I Kuzi might also be thinking, I've got Kevin, so I don't want to murder him. As far as who they should murder... I'm not really sure. I think if I was in their shoes, I would probably say I'll murder and hope that down the line I get another recruit option or hope that things work out. Because right now, they're still early in the game and they're not really sure, like, okay, if I take Kevin, would Fierce pick up on, oh, Kevin's acting different. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person is also being weird now. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they... They always get the opportunity to recruit when they lose one from three to two. Some seasons, from what we've seen, have allowed them to kind of hold on to that opportunity so they could murder now and recruit later, Uh, where some it's been more of a one-time offer. I'm guessing this is one where you can hold on to it Uh, because, you know, production just likes to keep as many traders around as possible. So... Yeah, I I also thought about them recruiting Kevin. Uh, I do think it would be very interesting. But you're right. Crystal already kind of has him. So, you know, do they need to? Another person I was thinking, what did I say? Did I say Crystal or Koozie just now? You said Crystal. Okay. Well, I was thinking ahead because I was thinking that maybe Crystal would be a good person to recruit because she's in a good spot. You know, it was the Crystal versus Melissa war. Melissa got voted out. Melissa was a traitor. So therefore, Crystal is obviously a faithful. So if you're going to recruit someone, recruit Crystal. Now, the other thing is they could recruit someone who's an easy sacrifice, which has been done before on other versions of the show. And, you know, like recruit Rick or something like that. So there's just lots of different... uh, possible options depending on how they're thinking of things i will say though that as well if they did recruit crystal she's probably got the best out in terms of her behavior changing like if someone says you're acting different today she could just say oh i know i didn't go out last or yesterday but i'm still just a little bit shaken about seeing my name so many times yeah more hesitant you know yeah that's a good point so so what do you think they will do I'm. I think they will recruit just to be on the safe side, but if they end up murdering, I wouldn't be surprised too. But I'll go with recruit. And okay. Yeah. Okay. I think they're still going to murder. I think Koozie feels comfortable enough, and we know that Mike has a very high opinion of himself. So, um, I mean, so far it's warranted. But uh, I, I think the two of them together will decide to murder. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see who they murder. I, I mean, I listed off, you know, half the names that are remaining. So, so could be any of them. All right. So I, some kind of closing thoughts that I had. I like what the producers have done with the breakfast walk-ins. The real suspense is from episode to episode, week to week. Not in those few seconds when people walk in as we wait to see who's last. It's kind of like, you know, a survivor in recent seasons has tried to hide from us who is going to, who's going to be voted out. And it's like, why? Why are you doing this? Now, not this season, but previous seasons. And it's like, why are you hiding from us for to get a two second bump in suspense? Nobody's changing the channel as you get to tribal council. So just just stop it. And I think the producers here realize that, too. You know, 
the suspense is there when you turn it on. You're not turning it off a minute into it because someone walks in. You know, the fact that I thought Mickey was going to be uh, murdered and he's one of the first ones to walk in. I didn't go, oh, that's it. I'm not watching the rest of the show. No, I then wanted to see what happened. So, you know, plus many of us said that the players after the first few seasons worldwide would start to realize that anyone who comes in nearly last was discussed by the traders. So production would need to fix it. And they did here. Um, you know, and we discussed that earlier. Now, Melissa herself, I feel like may have been doomed already and almost certainly was. But I, I mentioned earlier, having her come in last and getting the focus of everyone's attention definitely added to her woes. Because I think she could have snuck past a lot of it if she had come as part of an earlier group. And she could have just walked in and, oh, yeah, I'm here. Yay, I survived. And then sat down to eat breakfast and people went to pay nearly as much attention to her. But, you know, it's 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 also part of the misdirection to have her come in last. So she tried to use the old way of doing it to support herself, but it just didn't work for her. Yeah, the players kind of have to think, even if they're faithful, how long will after if they're coming in alone because they know that they'll be the sole focus and they have to think, well, they it's all just act shocked or hope that I can cry on command or something. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any other uh, uh, final thoughts for this episode? Uh, not necessarily for this. I guess I was a little bit surprised that nobody thought to just go to the end and grab it. I think only Dom was the one that went to the end and grabbed it. Yeah, he didn't. So that was a little bit shocking to me. Uh, I thought I was surprised by how much fire there was at the round table because it was only episode two. But I guess yeah. that's a good a sign of good cast because they all want to win. Um, silly thoughts I have is first of all, I swear Kareem is going to come in in a giant square. She loves her poofy sleeves and she loves her some shoulder pads. So she'll just be come in wearing a cardboard box one day. But no, I. I say this with love because Kareem clearly has the right amount of camp for the show and the right amount of trauma, and she does it really well. The other one is that there is no B-roll when the traders are discussing people. I don't know why that makes me so upset. I want these campy images. Like, it's I believe it's Garlene who's from Farming for Love. I just want her standing in a field going, should we murder Garlene? And she's just standing there holding up a pitchfork dramatically. Or... <laughs> I mean, they have Fierce, who is a drag queen. She knows how to pose and vogue. Could you just imagine her posing and voguing while they're like, mm, should we murder her? Yeah, Kevin tossing poker chips, put Donna in front of a crystal ball. Like, come on, producers, you got so many opportunities for some great B-roll here. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting that they don't do that. Um, but one thing they do, which... Uh, Matthew and I discussed at the end of last week's podcast is we said something like, well, we'd like to see the people murdered by the traitors find out who it was that murdered them. We thought that would be interesting. And I don't know. I guess the you know producers must have been listening to us because they went back in time and they recorded exactly that. And they put it out on like Twitter and Instagram or at least Twitter. Uh, so, uh, you know, check out their Twitter account. And you can see, like, they showed Erica getting, uh, you know, told who it was that murdered her. And so I imagine we'll get the same thing this week and, uh, you know, get to hear from her. So I, I think that's fun that they get to, you know, they get to know that aspect of things. I just hope that one day they'll just tell them, like, wait, what? Who's that again? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. That would be Nazila, who was murdered. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we finish up, I want to remind everyone that we have a great planned lineup of guests for the rest of the coming weeks also, including a former player from the U.S. season, a fan favorite player from the uh, recent second Australian season, uh, one of the winners of the New Zealand season, and more friends of mine. So, uh, you know, if... If by chance, like, you don't know about the Australian season and the New Zealand season, well, there's 
going to be a couple of minor spoilers, especially when one of the winners of the New Zealand season comes on. But, you know, that's we've got a few weeks left that you can uh, catch up on that season before before we get there. Now, it is time to finish the Trader Trader game. Jason, did you lie to me? Yes. I lied to you as well. However, I have literally no idea what you lied to me about. There's only one thing that I thought it could be, but you kind of were acting like you were counting. So, but I'm going to go with it anyway. You, and, and I haven't done the math myself. So you said if the two traders hadn't flipped the... Uh, you know, the it would have gone the other way. In my head, it seems like it was more of a landslide than that. Like I said, I didn't go back and count it. Was that your lie? No, that was not my lie. I remember going after the episode and checking because I was like, how close was it? Okay. And But granted, I also checked on Wikipedia, which anybody can edit. So if it's a lie, it's <laughs> an unintentional one. <laughs> All right. Well, then you got me. What was your lie? I never volunteered in an auto museum. Ah! Oh, I should have thought about that one. Because <laughs> when you said it, I thought, huh, that's interesting. And then, but I wasn't thinking about the game at that time. So it just kind of left my mind at that moment. Uh, but, uh, oh, okay. Well, that was a good one. Do you have any idea what my lie was? So I think it's related to something that the... Tr- how the people were acting it's either the one where the traitor goes accuse someone on the way out or it's the one where people were accusing someone based on their reactions i think it's the re i no, no, no i think it's the one where the traitor accused sorry the faithful accuse a traitor on the way out because the one where i mentioned the reactions that's just super generic where it's the faithful one that's very specific okay no it is not i did not lie about anything with the game I snuck my lie into the middle. Uh, it was about when Donna mentioned her, her made her Tradar comment. It was not a UK contestant who came up with it. It was an Australian contestant who came up with it. So I stuck that one in there and knowing that you probably hadn't seen that particular season. So I'm just a trader, I guess. Eh, UK, Australia, same thing, just different hemispheres. <laughs> They might uh, they might not agree with you on that. So uh, any any emails or uh, uh, tweets we get, I'll direct I'll I'll forward them to you. Uh, there we have it. That is episode three of the Traders Canada. If people want to reach out, not not you know not about that thing in particular, but in general, uh, let me know what you think or for whatever reason. I am all over social media and reality TV podcasting. Uh, I podcast about both Big Brother and Survivor on the Rob Has a Podcast Network. The name of the show is Why Blank Lost. You can find it on Reality TV Rehap-Ups, which is a segment of Rob Has a Podcast. You can look for that on YouTube, on your podcatcher, um, or, you know, just just about anywhere. Look at, Look for me on social media. I post plenty of links there. And you can find all those links, or you can find me through my Linktree at Linktree slash David Bloomberg. Now, there's a dot before the EE in Linktree. Uh, I recently uh, updated that and put some put some graphics in there just to make it look a little uh, a, a little better. It was looking a little dull. Uh, you can also find me on most text-based social media, like Twitter and Blue Sky, is at David Bloomberg. On video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram is at David Bloomberg TV. And because Threads is connected to Instagram, I'm at David Bloomberg TV there as well. Speaking of TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, I post three or four reality TV short videos there on all those sites every day. Uh, They are mostly Big Brother and Survivor, and that's U.S. Big Brother, since there's also a British big brother going on right now uh but i have also posted a number for the traders canada i have even more for this episode i've posted some for house of villains uh so you know all these different shows you can uh, find again at any of those video sites finally uh you should be sure to check out the accounts for this podcast overall 
You can find us on Instagram as the Tradar Podcast and as Twitter, Twitter as the Tradar Pod. You can also email the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to help support the costs of publishing this podcast, you could drop Matthew a few bucks or, you know, whatever they are in Canada or whatever uh, country you happen to be in at uh, at the the, uh, Buy Me a Coffee site, which is ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. I will be back here again in a week with another guest. I hope uh, everyone tunes back in. Uh, Feel free to reach out through social media in the meantime. Uh, Jason, do you have any parting words of wisdom? Not really. I'll just be sitting here and stirring in silence because... uh... I don't know. Melissa doesn't get to go to Disney World. That's very upsetting. Well, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll be able to talk to Melissa and find out if she gets to go to Di- if she did get to go to Disney World. Uh, I know she's on Instagram. I can check her Instagram and see if there are any Disney pictures there, and then I will relay that to you. Uh, so for everyone else, we will see you back here in a week. Bye. Mm-hmm.